Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Uh, we're going. I'm recording. No, no, where's the Irish greeting? <laughs> Come on. Oh, sorry. Well, I, when <laughs> Pete's here, like, he throws And me. a very fine Saturday morning to both you gents. <laughs> oh, there you go. That was so gentle when Steve does it. What, a, what yes. an American greeting that was. <laughs> 
It's like Hallmark. <laughs> or American Greetings, yes. as you say. <laughs> or American Greetings. Uh, how are you doing, gentlemen? How's your, uh, how's your movie week? It's, uh, yeah. Oh, how is my movie <laughs> well, week? Well, I'm, I'm behind. Uh, Ray and I made our commitment on this whole Criterion channel, uh, Jack Cardiff Cinematography, to, to do two movies a week. And I have done zero this week. So I got to catch up at some point, which is not going to happen this weekend. Ray, if you're listening, I'm going to be behind because we've got film board this weekend. So I got to get out and see uh, where'd you go, Bernadette. Uh, and. My brother's in town, and it just happens to be this weekend is the opportunity to see Apocalypse Now Final Cut. It's at the Harkins IMAX, so I've got tickets to see that on Sunday afternoon. So I'm my my movie plate is already full, and I don't have time to get to uh, Red Shoes, and I can't remember what the other one is. I, there's just no room, so I'm been slacking, and now I'm behind. That's how my movie week is. Yeah. You missed Red Shoes. Mm. That's oh, no, movie. I love it. I just haven't gotten to. Oh, okay. I, I've seen it previously. It's okay. actually one I bought, Andy, on Blu-ray. I actually bought that That's one. That's a good so, one. I, know. Yeah, I just have to sit down to, to watch it because I saw Ray posted his review already. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's where I'm. I've got a busy weekend because as soon as I finish here, we're off to see Bernadette. And then we got Apocalypse Now tomorrow. I think we might even try yeah. and squeeze in a double feature because at the fashion square, they've got uh, Loose, which was one of our trailer picks from a couple months ago. And I thought that was one I'm interested in. So it might be a double feature today. Outstanding. I want to get out and see the kitchen if I can this weekend. That's one I've really seen the reviews, Andy? Seeing. No, but it's. <laughs> I don't I always know. look at reviews. Sometimes I say <laughs> five. I know, on the, and then, and then you go and... see movies like, uh, oh, what? What was that one that you just like? We were going to do it as a film board, and you said, "No, this is a horrible, horrible movie. Do not, do not go see this." <laughs> it was that. Uh, yeah, that was ages the ago. Counselor, Are you talking yes. about the counselor? See, you didn't pay attention to reviews. <laughs> yeah, like five years ago, ages and, ago, and still, yeah. And and how do you feel about that film to this day? <laughs> it was still terrible. hate it, but <laughs> a straight up terrible experience. That's what that happens movie. when you don't pay attention to reviews. Can I just tell you? I have a review uh, for you already. I haven't posted it yet. I saw Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, I took yeah. I took Dad. Oh, and we went in the in the uh, Tinseltown uh, Extreme XD. <laughs> <laughs> So did you come out with bruises with that? It was, uh, yeah, no, it was my kidneys. Oh, God. Uh, that is one of those movies. I it, I have to just say, I have no idea what it was about. Like, I, you couldn't even tell me. Uh, ask me what, what, what was Hobbs and Shaw? I don't care. I don't. <laughs> nobody cares. No. But it was so, in terms of just the the work of art of compositing action and and like CG effects that look incredible. This is a high point. This is an absolute high point in the form. If if you can call action movie CG effects an art form, this is the peak. All else 
Wow. All other, I mean, it was, it was amazing. Oh yeah. It's, it's <laughs> no, it was not a, it was not a, it's, it was, you know, it was Hobbs and Shaw, well, yeah, but it was incredible. It was because they CG, you, you know, you're trying to recreate reality, but what's great about yeah. their CG is all, you know, concept of, you know, physics it does not exist at all. It does not exist. Because, <laughs> that is a playground. Yes, because you can definitely have Dwayne Johnson with just a chain, you know, pulling a helicopter, which yes. so an unbreakable chain in a helicopter that just, you know, sure, it can withstand being, you know, buffeted about like that without crashing. No problem. Yeah. yeah. No, we don't. We stop asking those questions. This movie does an incredible job of yes. setting you up to make you not ask those questions. Exactly. And I, I thought that was really fun. We had a great time. And um the cast, in terms of just action stars, Idris Elba, this is an audition reel for... Black Superman. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> he is Black Superman. Uh, he'll, he'll be in everything. Yes. I just, you know, he'll have a, a, an incredible action career after this movie. He was great. Right. But I think he got this role because of Dark Tower. Yeah, well, you're probably yeah. right. <laughs> and and I'm the one who actually enjoyed Dark Tower. So yeah. but, but lest we have to go back to the back to the re-ranking tape. Uh, anyway, uh, that was a lot of fun. And then in the spirit of and I should say it was not intended, but in the spirit of our list this week, uh, last night for Family Movie Night, we watched uh, Introduce the Kids to Planes, Trains and Automobiles. And I don't know that you can call them great cameos back in the day that this was made. But when you see such wonderful, uh, you know, appearances by actors like Kevin Bacon, yes. who has no lines and just runs through the city <laughs> stealing cabs like those were those were so fun. Like there are yeah. just a lot of friends of John Candy and Steve Martin who ended up in that movie. Um, and uh, I I had no memory of what I was going to see. And here it is. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. It's great cameo week. So, so that's a that's like a Thanksgiving movie. You're, you're getting to that one with the family a little early. Steve, we give thanks every day of the year. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, oh, I, wow. <laughs> that just, that just hey, you, you do need to maybe take your daughter to if if she was a fan of Dora the Explorer when she was, you know, much younger. I do recommend she go see that one because my I took my kids on last Sunday, this past Sunday, to go see that because they were big fans of the show when they were little kids. And they turned this into the perfect movie for teenagers that grew up with Dora the Explorer because it pays homage to all those elements, but is still a enjoyable and entertaining movie for high school kids. So it allows them to, really? to have that nostalgic moment in an unironic way, I think. Um, and just it, the entire family had a great time with this movie. It's super self-aware of what it is and needs to be. And to me, they just nailed it. So if she has fond, fond memories of that, Dora, I think she might really enjoy it. That is a great recommendation. I, You know, it was funny. I think my kids, they were just into other stuff. Oh, I, okay. I don't know what happened, uh, but they they didn't really truck with Dora. And oh. so it's been an easy target for, um, you know making fun yeah oh sure oh exactly completely unjustified yeah. and so i that's a that's a great review um i'm glad to hear that yeah. it's more than it, it appears 
Or, or that at least it knows its audience. Yes. That was, I think, the big question right. is, this is a movie that doesn't know who it's for. Right. No, it so. totally knows who it's for and, and nails it. That's great. Yeah. So what you're saying is I can go see the kitchen and then I can watch Dora as a palate <laughs> cleanser. <laughs> well, I don't know. Your kids <laughs> are sort of, they're, I don't know, did they, were they Dora fans? Oh, it was, Dora was on all the time. Oh, okay. All right. So, if, eh, and the, that's the interesting part because they may not have enough distance from it, whereas mine, it. My kids are much older, so it's nostalgia for their childhood, whereas I think yours are still breaking into that, you know, you've got one that's just verging into teenagerdom. So I'm not sure how she might might take that. But Yeah, I'm yeah. curious about that because she hasn't seemed right. excited at all, but I'm I'm more yeah. curious to see it and see her yeah. reaction to it. But Okay. I don't know if I want to spend the money just <laughs> just for that experiment. Or, or, yeah, just spend your money on the kitchen. So go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, did you guys see that Netflix has ordered uh, an animated action comedy series about Elvis? I feel like I actually have heard of that. Agent King. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. <laughs> On the 42nd anniversary of Elvis Presley's death, they announced it's ordered an adult animated action comedy series, Agent King, from Priscilla Presley and John Eddy. Oh <laughs> Elvis, my gosh. This is it, quote, Elvis Presley trades in his white jumpsuit for a jetpack when he is covertly inducted into a secret government spy program to help battle the dark forces that threaten the country he loves, all while holding down his day job as the king of rock and roll. That's that that is fulfilling his wishes that is what he always wanted to do that's why the the cape on the jumpsuit he wanted to be a superhero yeah. he wanted to be a crime fighter this is this is perfect oh my gosh how did i know that this would strike a chord with you and that you would be able to make those connections <laughs> oh. with the cape in fact the next line in the story at variety from the quote from the time elvis was a young boy he always dreamed of being the superhero fighting crime and saving the world agent king lets him do just that said priscilla presley because oh, i've been to graceland we did it we did a little tour we went wow. to graceland and yeah they also learned that one of his favorite movies of all time was monty python and the holy grail so the the king had a great sense of humor and he had very odd aspirations for what he wanted to do with his life. So no, this it's perfect. The perfect vehicle. Man. Now I want to go watch Bubba Hotep again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that's where it all started. Yeah, there you go. I that's uh you know, just when you think you've uh, seen it all. Peter Fonda died. Oh. Yes, he did. Oh. Yeah, 79 years old. So uh, that uh, the way he read, he lived his life kind of surprised he made it this long. There's, yeah. a, there's a dude who lived hard. <laughs> yes. So congratulations. Uh, and yes. uh, yes. R.I.P. Uh, I have one story that I feel like we've talked about uh, in the in the past, but uh, they it, it brings it back again because uh, Rebecca Keegan has done uh, uh a nice write-up, I think, on Disney's Lion King and the death of the G rating. Uh, unless it's Pixar, she says, it's just not cool, even by Disney. Uh, did you guys see Lion King? No, my my kids saw it at a at a summer camp, but uh, I figured that was a good excuse for me to not have to go watch it. You're not in, not you weren't into it. You know, I'll probably rent it because yeah. uh, it's piqued my curiosity, but I, I 
yeah, it, I I heard so many reviews that I was like, you know, I just I don't want to bother with this one. Hmm. I'll rent it. Interesting. Well, the the upshot of this is that over the last couple of decades, we've seen this increasing trend toward pushing toward the PG re- PG rating and uh, that the G rating has fallen out of favor. In fact, the G rating used to be uh, it used for all kinds of family friendly fare and uh, that you know, studios have started to drop this rating. And it was interesting to go back and say, like, where is the pressure coming from? And it it, it turns out Jason Squire, professor of cinematic practice at USC's School of Cinematic Arts, says it's the distributors who have driven this, not the ratings board, uh, not anybody else. The studios prefer the PG-13 rating over G because it protects them. Parents strongly cautioned, shifts the burden of determining what is acceptable to the parent it's a a protectionary move do you guys uh as parents and moviegoers do you think about this kind of thing when you're thinking about what movies you're going to take the kids to well it's not so much the rating is what i appreciate is the the categories that they've added for why it has received that rating to me that was more that's more informative because i can say oh it's pg-13 because of oh teens are smoking or or i'm like okay that stuff i can have conversations about all that or oh it's crude humor is that something i want to expose my kids to i feel like we knew this about you that when you go to a movie you always start with the imdb keywords That's, that's right. But the, for the ratings, that to me, because everybody knows the ratings is the you know system is this mysterious black box, and and why did this movie get an R versus this one getting a PG thirteen? I mean, I, still, the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, you're decapitating orcs, and that's PG thirteen because it's fantasy violence versus right. just you know a little blood spray and a shootout, and it, because it's more realistic, we get an R rating. So to me, the the descriptors. Are, are more informative. So it's not so much about, I can understand the pressure to put it on, on the parents. Uh, but to me, it, it's not so much about the category, the rating itself, but the, the reasons it's received the rating. Well, and G has been a problem for ages because, I mean, I remember even when Lion King came out, people were kind of complaining that, you know, there's some pretty violent stuff in this movie for it to be considered a G-rated film. Uh, And I think their biggest one that got the most grief was when they released The Hunchback of Notre Dame, because that had some uh, really racy scenes. And they they took a lot of flack for it. And so I guess it makes sense to a certain extent, because I mean, there's just there doesn't seem to be as much G material anyway. I think that's really what I I think things have shifted to where they don't make many G films, period. And so I I guess to that end, maybe they're doing a better job of actually categorizing them. uh, And there just aren't many G's because, I mean, the last G movie um, before uh, before Toy Story 4 was the Peanuts movie from what I'm reading. Oh, so okay. and that was 2015. So it was a okay. little while ago. Well, I'm I'm looking on the MPAA site, and it says g- general audiences. And the this is probably where they're getting themselves into trouble. It says general audiences nothing that would offend parents for viewing by children. Well, that's very subjective as far as what people are going to find offensive. And yes, Lion King. Oh, well, Disney's been killing off. You know movie parents in movies, you know, going back to Bambi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how graphic is that that being shown? So it may be, oh, well, we're willing to have conversations about 
you know, somebody dying, but, you know, the violence is, is offensive to us. Well, okay, how do you now categorize and say this is not going to be offensive to anybody when it seems like everybody is offended by everything nowadays? So I, I see where they're coming from in terms of pushing that burden onto the parents to say, well, we've cautioned you already, so you can't come back and say, oh, this movie offended us. It shouldn't have this rating. Well, that's exactly uh, that's a astute observation. And uh, Joan Graves, who's the former uh, chief of the MPAA uh, ratings, uh, says, you know, parents care more at the lower level when they're more involved with what their children see and do and copy. And uh, so as you know, as you get past PG, parents don't seem to care at all, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, but as long as the parents are going to be sitting in there with their kids, it's easy for them to to know what to be offended about. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. interesting. I think it's interesting because I remember seeing a whole bunch of G movies that I really liked as a kid. And, yeah. um, you know, even uh, What's Up, Doc? We've done it on the show. The 1972 Barbara Streisand film was, was G. Star Trek, the motion picture was G. Star Trek, the motion picture was G. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, I thought that was an interesting perspective. So there you yes. have it. Only one other story because we see that I have because we seem to be talking about streaming services every week. Oh, yes. CBS Viacom. They are concatenated once again. CBS Viacom. Uh, for the first time since 2006, they are back together, hopefully, optimistically, in order to join the streaming war fray. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Honestly, they don't even, they don't, they, they just, are, it's just signal to noise now. Uh, but there's going to be a whole other thing to pay for. So, well, I'm already, you know, anticipating I'm going to have to give CBS some money sometime next year because we are super hyped about the, the Picard series on CBS All Access. So. That's, the, that's the one that I'm going to have to just cough up a couple bucks for a couple months on that one because they don't play well with others and they have to have their own thing. They really so. don't. And, uh, you know, season yeah. two of Discovery was was great. Um, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens that, um, you know, Viacom, Viacom owns Paramount. Uh, and uh, Comedy okay. Central and MTV and BET yeah. and CBS has, of course, all of their broadcast stuff and yeah. uh, Showtime. Right. And they have a whole bunch of local television stations. I don't know what that means. Um, uh, and of course, they have a, a stake in the CW. So, you know, where are these shows going to shake up? This one seems to be, you know, moderately complex um, because it's there. There are so many stake ownerships of of properties. So knowing what's going to show up on a new streaming service from CBS Viacom is uh, might be hard to predict for a little while. All right. That's all I got. You guys have any other news you want to talk about? Uh, Endgame came out on on physical media for those people who haven't uh, purchased it already. <laughs> purchased and purchased and digitally. So like, yeah, two weeks ago. Come on. Yeah. 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 That's that's so last month. Andy, come on. Did you did you did you wait <laughs> I, I, for the Blu-ray? <laughs> No, I still haven't even picked it up no. either in any format. No, I'm I'm hyped for uh, Booksmart. It's digital streaming. Uh, it's coming Tuesday. Oh, so that's the big one. If I still I'm, never got out to see uh, it, I will get oh, it immediately. Must, must, must do. It yes. will be a part of the collection, unseen. 
Yeah, based just on your recommendation. Just don't, just don't watch it with your son. That's all I can say. Of course, you know I'm immediately going to watch it with my son. Of course, because of the G rating, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> or should we try this new thing? Oh, Are we doing you, you want to do that now? We're sure. Let's, let's, let's get it, it out of the way. I don't know. All right. So we thought we would try this. This is going to be a new thing that we are going to experiment with on the Saturday matinees is uh, doing some re-ranking of our own flick chart um, that Pete and I would uh, re-rank. And then if we come up with a uh, one where we don't agree, Steve is going to throw his two cents in and try to sway <laughs> one of us and see if we can. If I've seen the uh, movie. I mean, I, could, well, I, I can still throw my two cents in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's give it a try. First up, we have Wendy and Lucy or The Deer Hunter. Oh, wow. Oh, The Deer Hunter. I'm saying Deer yeah, Hunter, yeah. easy. And I will let you know if anything shifts. Wait, so deer are Hunter we, held steady. Are we, so was that it? Like, now we're done? <laughs> or do we get to, <laughs> oh, yeah, silly, something we get to fight about? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll do this for a few minutes. Oh, okay. We'll just, <laughs> just good. Yeah, a few All ranks. Right. Good. A few ranks. No, I'm with you. All right, next up, Die Hard 2 or Ronin? Ronan for me. Yeah, Ronan. The Dish or Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom? Oh. I'll take Indiana Jones. I will too, but I'll feel bad about it. I know. So far, everything... Oh, nope. That was the first one that shifted. Indiana Jones went from 236 to 110 on our chart. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Oh, because it was that was the second movie ever reviewed. Yeah, so it got shifted it around got shifted. a lot. Yeah. yeah. An American Werewolf in London or Serenity? I will take Serenity. That's Serenity. Yeah, that's an easy pick. That's not an easy pick. It's easy. It's not an easy <laughs> it's pick. Not, it's easy. I dance on the pick. grave of American oh. Werewolf. <laughs> what? You I don't. Movie. I'm just messing with you. You're a terrible person. Dunkirk <laughs> or Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I will say Oh Brother as well. What? Andy really picks the Coens? I, what what is this? Everybody Hail thinks Caesar. Hate the Hail Caesar. They have some movies that I absolutely love, but then they have some movies I really don't like at all. Okay, they're very all over the place for me. All right. uh, oh, brother went from two hundred three to fifty eight. Wow, a bit of a jump. Wow. That's, that's a good place for it. I we won't be running into an old brother block again for quite a while. <laughs> uh, Network or The Shining. Uh, I think network, the network network for me. Yeah. That's held steady at number two. Mad Max Fury Road or Spellbound? Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, take Fury Road. That held steady at 15. Fat City or Pale Rider? Uh, Pale Rider for me. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'll say Pale Rider. Good, because I haven't seen either of those. I couldn't oh. help you out on that. <laughs> Pale Rider shifted from 267 to 213. All right. The Professional or Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country? Oh, that's... Say Star Trek uh, <clears throat> Gary Oldman in the, in the Professional. Come on. That's... <laughs> that's... that's uh, And Natalie Portman? I know. I love Star Trek, but no. Even with my quibbles... This is yeah. where all my quibbles started. Star Trek yes, 6. Yes, it is. I am picking Star Trek 6. No, my God, no. Totally. I, this I know it, you yeah. have issues with Luc Besson. I know you do. I do. But oh, I, we love that movie so much here. This it's is, all right. This is, this oh, is hard, gosh. but The Undiscovered Country is, is going to take it for me, too. You Killing have chosen wisely. I think so. <laughs> chosen poorly. Hot Fuzz or Russian Dolls? Definitely Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Uh, that held steady. All About Eve or True Romance? 
Going to say all about Eve. All about Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Predestination or Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Uh, I I think I'm on uh, Predestination. Have you seen Predestination, Steve? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Because that was what, was that the one that, who's the one that saw that? That was like the original Patient Zero. Because was it Andy, you had seen it and then Pete had never gotten around to seeing it for like months and months? I'm trying to remember. Possibly, because I watched it and then when we did our time travel series. It was, uh, that was the one where we, we agreed we need to do a time travel series. I think that was the Uh, one that that got us thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, that's the Ethan Hawke one. No, that, Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. All right. Well, I'm picking it as well. Uh, that held steady at 101. The bank job or moon? I God. actually going to say the bank job. Although I really like moon. I might lean toward moon. I could be swayed. Steve? Steve. I've only, I've only seen moon, so I can't help you on that one. I know. I know I need, I know I need to watch the bank Steve job. Steve has to go watch yeah. the bank no, job. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back right. in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll live watch it with him. <laughs> 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 As I said, my slate is full this weekend. All right. <laughs> it just got two hours fuller. Okay, yeah. so you, your bank job. Uh, sw- I can, I can I be can... swayed to moon. Oh, I think Why I'm, don't you think sway I'm to moon. bank job and I'll sway to moon. And then, yes. and then we'll still be stuck. <laughs> and then we'll still wait for Steve. I, I, then I will hold fast. I cannot be swayed, Andy. My opinion wow. is is. Oh wait, 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 cemented. wait! The bank job. Oh, that's the Jason Statham one that we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I have seen that one. I was thinking it was uh, one of those seventies. <laughs> no, there was one you did with. Uh, there was another bank robbery one, like in the seventies, with somebody that I can't remember. With was there something with Walter Matthau and a bank robbery that you guys did? It was uh, the one in the mall. Yeah, with e- some Elliot Gould and Elliot, yes, and, uh, and what's his name in a dress? Christopher Plummer in a dress. Yeah, yeah what that was, was that? That one? was great. Yeah, the, yeah uh, see, I was thinking of that. Uh, you can't remember? No. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> between these two, I would take Moon because I'm a sci-fi. Person. Yeah, Jason well, Statham I, is I fine. Switched, yeah. I switched to Moon, so <laughs> yeah, so it's all okay. good. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look this up now. It's gonna yeah, drive me crazy. Because that was one I remembered hearing. Like, it's a, one of those forgotten movies that mm-hmm. was really, really good. Yeah, it was it's great. great. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely yeah, worth checking that. out. It was a speakeasy pick. The Silent Partner. Silent Partner. Yeah. Silent Partner. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Uh, do you want to do a couple more? Yes. A couple okay, more. The Shining or Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock? Take The Shining. The Shining. And last but not least, the asphalt jungle or detour. I'm going to take detour. Yeah, I think detour. I had to think for a minute which one the asphalt jungle was. Yeah, detour uh, jumped up 332 to 225. Oh, yeah. So we had a, nice few, uh, a few shifts in okay, that but little a run. A few shifts that were significant. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we keep doing this, we'll see, uh, we'll see how things end up shaking yeah. out. Yeah. It's kind of fun to do. Fun. All right. Yeah, it was Mr. worth, it, worth a, yeah. our time, don't yeah. you think? Totally. It's better than doing a four-hour re-rank session, that's for sure. <laughs> Everyone loved that. Most popular downloaded <laughs> show, I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let's do trailers. I say we do trailers. And I think yeah. I think Pete no. kind of uh, preemptively got uh, first place on this one, huh? 
Well, mm, I, oh yeah, he managed he, he, to like Trump. It was a Trump play with uh, oh, he the A twenty four and Red Band. Yeah. yeah, and that is uh, a movie that is called The Death of Dick Long from director Daniel Scheinert, uh, written by Billy Chu, and I. I don't know, you guys. This is right up my alley kind of thing. It's like weird black comedy drama uh, that uh, is uh, about these guys who apparently ostensibly accidentally kill one of their friends and then leave him at a hospital. Well, he was not dead when they leave him at a hospital. But he died. He was only mostly. He was he's, only mostly. He's only dead. mostly dead. <laughs> I feel happy. Uh, and uh, and then wait, he dies. Wait, 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 wait. That was like a blending of. Yeah, I was saying you just or... went from Princess Bride to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That was that's how it happens. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then he dies, and the rest of the movie is this incredibly like eclectic cast of characters trying to unravel the death of of Dick Long. And they're not, um, you know, it's just a whole other world of characters to to the people in my neighborhood here in the suburbs. (laughs) And uh, I found myself really attracted to it. It's doing pretty well, very early for uh, festival reviews to start coming in. It did premiere at Sundance in 2019. uh, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, in January of this year, and it's it's coming out on A24 pretty soon. That's a high pedigree that it lands on A24, and so uh, I, I think the weirdness bolstered by the catalog that they already offer is speaks very highly for this film. How did it hit you? Did I redeem myself after some of my recent trailer picks? <laughs> <laughs> I did not think this was... I thought Pete's picking this because he wants to go first on the list because he needs something that's A24 and Red Band. So his trailer goes first. So he gets his list first. So he doesn't have so many steals because this did not seem your type of thing. But I I am intrigued by this for several reasons. One is there's a neighbor in our cul-de-sac just down the street whose name is Dick Long. So I thought that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Did you show him the trailer? <laughs> He's in his eighties. I don't think I want to sit down with him to, to watch what, what I'm all you need to do is go up to him and say, Dick, you're still Dick, here. You're still here. <laughs> Give him a hug. <laughs> but this one is, uh, I guess I would categorize this sort of as like hillbilly noir with this one. I just don't know what to <laughs> make of it. Genre. I love yes. it. Uh, so much fun. I, the tone is odd. You've got cops that just aren't used to dealing with crime, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, very entertaining. Uh, not something I'm probably going to hit in theaters, but oh, yeah, looking forward to a trailer rewind on this one because it just looks ridiculous. Well, fun. I, I want to add I, real quick before, uh, Steve, I feel like this might be something that you liked. Um, Daniel Scheinert was one of the uh, directing duo behind Swiss Army Man. That uh, oh, Daniel Radcliffe, Paul yeah, Dano yeah. film. Say. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Andy. Okay. That's okay. I took That's it right okay. out of your face. Just steamroll right over me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, steamroll it, baby. That's, That's okay. Right. You're going to go watch the kitchen. We don't, you know. <laughs> well, uh, I, Swiss Army Man was uh, okay. I think the concept worked a lot better than the film itself ended up working for it me. It was a great trailer. 
It was a great trailer. That uh, was a fun movie till the the, the end. Yeah, it fell kind apart of, for it me. Really yeah. fell, fell apart. Yeah. Um, uh, Dan Scheinert, though, I think he definitely has kind of the the quirky sensibilities to do a story like this. I think if you just look at his profile picture on IMDb, the, <laughs> that alone tells me that he like he really appreciates just kind of like <laughs> really wacky humor. I mean, it's basically like an old, like school photo type of photo. It's very well, not funny. even that. It's just his expression. It's, yeah, it, his expression. Even back, even back in college, high school, I don't know where that's from, but yeah, he was not one to take things seriously back yeah. then either. Yeah. So uh, this looks like it could be a fun movie. Um, again, like like you, Steve, it's probably not something I'm going to go see in the theater, but it definitely is something that I will check out. Well, I'm excited. I feel like uh, that's um, that middling to fair enthusiasm from you guys is a straight up win for me. <laughs> uh, it's coming in September, late September, September 27th in the U.S. Um, it's uh, it looks like it'll be released at Fantastic Fest a little bit earlier in that month. It's in Seattle in June. So lots of festivals. I don't have any uh, international release dates, but be on the look out for this the death of Dick Long. Sweet. Who's next? I guess I got to go next because I have an A24. It's not Red Band, but I still right. get but to you've got A24. Yeah. I get to bump Steve, who is the first one to post a trailer. <laughs> and I feel like mine should have been Red Band, but it wasn't. Oh, it right. no, you, yeah, right. yeah. you lost on a technicality this week. Yeah, but That's just right. fine. But yeah. A24 still supersedes Red Band, so I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. My trailer is for the film The Kill Team. Uh, which is directed by Dan Krause, uh, based on a documentary that he made uh, back in 2013. And it is a story about a soldier over in Afghanistan who um, kind of gets swept up by his commanding officers, um, kind of just the way that he behaves and the way he treats the people in the in the situation, the different people in Afghanistan and, uh, you know, killing people. And it just kind of it turns and this soldier feels like he's trapped in this situation where um, these people are basically committing murder and he doesn't know what to do. And he tells his dad and they they he's put in a situation basically where he can't uh, get uh, you know, the the military is doing nothing. And now he's surrounded by all these people who kind of know what he's done. And uh, he constantly feels like he has to um, watch his back. And it just uh, Alexander Skarsgård plays the uh, his commanding officer and just brings this uh, this, you know, sense of, of dread throughout. I, I really liked the vibe of this film. I don't I don't know anything about Dan Krause or his documentaries, but he's very involved in documentaries. And this certainly makes me curious about checking out that documentary about this that he had done before seeing this film. Um, uh, the rest of the, the cast, I, I don't know as well, but um, it looks like an interesting group of people. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm curious about this one. What do you guys think? The Kill Team. I kept trying to place where I've seen this movie before. Because it, it did you see familiar. the doc? No, I I haven't. But that's the thing. I thought this, but I guess it's just that type of story where you you can sympathize with this character of I'm in the insanity of war. People are doing things that just this is wrong. This should not be happening. And how do I keep my moral compass in the right place with this? And I kept trying to place 
sort of our, our our main character here, and I was like, why does this kid look familiar? He looks like he's 12, but clearly he's not, because I've seen him before, but that's Nat Wolf, and he was in uh, Fault in Our Stars and, yeah. and Paper Towns is where I recognized him from, but he's one of these actors that is going to be like eternally youthful until he hits 60, and then suddenly he's going to turn into a grizzled <laughs> old man, I think. It'll catch up with him. But no, Is that the him, Winona Ryder Club? Is that what we call that? Yes, I think that's <laughs> what we can call that. Uh, yeah, and Alexander Scar guy just looks great as just this menacing you know presence in this film so i i'm looking forward to this one i this is one i would like to maybe do like a double feature on this type of thing i I love when we've got an actual you know documentary and then sort of that fictionalized version and it's going to come to my trailers We've, we've got something similar where there's a related film that these are the types of things where it's nice to sit down and do a little compare contrast or two versions of the same story to see what which speaks more truthfully i think to people yeah, I I totally agree, and I think that the um, uh, the cast looks great. It, this is a it was a funny trailer. It made me weirdly uncomfortable, and I, I think in a good way, right? I mean, I just found it was it was disquieting, and I think that um, you know some of that is just because of how weirdly good Alexander Skarsgård is at at playing this kind of of character, it, you know, and and really knowing his place in the Skarsgård uh, entertainment industrial complex. <laughs> Um, it's, it's really fun to see him do this, this kind of role. And, uh, and I'm uh, totally agree with Steve on that, uh, Wolf. He's going to be, he's, he's going to be in everything and he's going to look like he's 18 the entire time until we're all food for worms. So, um, I, I'm really excited about it, but the, the whole idea, this turn, it's so subtle the way it's portrayed in the trailer, like the, and, and, you know, with such like impending violence and a, a lot of rage, it's just a really sort of rageful fearful film uh or, or trailer that uh it, it really it was it was unsettling uh and yeah. and so i'm it's but it's God, man it's already you know um getting some great reviews so i'm I, I guess i'm excited about it but i don't know if it's one i'm, I'm gonna take in on the big screen yeah, I'll be curious to see how big of a release it gets. It premiered at Tribeca earlier this year. Um, next up is uh, Portugal. Actually, it uh, opened a week ago in Portugal. And here in the U.S., it looks like it's scheduled to release October 25th. So uh, just in time for Halloween. Nice. Well, I can cram this into my weekend as well because the the documentary from 2013 is available on Amazon Prime and Hulu. They're oh, streaming nice. right now, nice. so readily available. So let me just add one more. Th- what there was the you other go. thing I'm thing. supposed to add? Yeah, I've got to add <laughs> Silent Partner. There was something else. I don't know. I've, the bank job, but I think you, the, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you don't need to I've do that I've already covered that. Okay. This perfect timing, right. because I was thinking about actually going on Halloween as one of the Scars Guards. I haven't decided which. But probably <laughs> we should all run the Scars Guards. <laughs> I, think, I think all of us could, could cover all we of could, them. We could pull off the Scars Guards. Yeah, dibs on Voltaire. <laughs> Who has? Who's going to be a, a Stellan? Right. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, all my, right, yes. Steve. Okay. What am I doing? How's I'm your, doing a how's, movie? How's it feel at the bottom of the barrel? That's that's fine because I <laughs> I love my trailer pick with this one. It was funny because I had just heard I just seen an article somewhere maybe about two weeks ago, and or maybe no it was Twitter. I, I think it was Twitter. I think it was Craig Brewer, uh, director Craig Brewer was t- 
talking about this film because, you know, the trailer was going to drop soon, but he had made a commitment uh, at some point in his life to tell the story of uh, this this character, this this person. And I'm talking, of course, about this crazy new movie with Eddie Murphy called Dolomite Is My Name, which is the story of Rudy Ray Moore. And so I don't know if it was what it is about, you know, this this character, this story, but uh, director Craig Brewer had been committed to making a movie about Rudy Ray Moore. What really drew me to this was Eddie Murphy's performance just looks great. But then when I saw in the credits that it's written by Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, who have done Ed Wood, Larry Flint, Man on the Moon, these are guys that can take those those biopics and turn them into something more because there's actually a story that's above and beyond just that person. They're able to tap into sort of the zeitgeist of that era. And that's what I see across the screen on this of the story of Rudy Ray Moore struggling stand-up comic performer and decides to make a movie. Of course, something behind the scenes like this too just is has a close place in my heart where we get to see the ridiculousness of a production gone bonkers, I guess. You know, where we're just ultra low production. He's asking if his performance is as good as Shaft. You know, there's so many great moments in this of a a person whose I guess ego is just so far out there that I guess we're on the Dunning-Kruger curve where he just doesn't know that he doesn't know anything about making movies and makes a classic black exploitation film that is bonkers. So this one is hitting Netflix and theatrical release sometime this fall. There's no specific dates. Uh, but this is one that I think as a comedy, I'm going to want to see in an audience with people because there's something about good hearty belly laughs in a big crowd of people, uh, particularly Eddie Murphy's performance here that I'm really, really looking forward to. Well, Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes. Uh, I got to say, yeah. I, it was really fun to see Wesley Snipes on there. I uh, I didn't know much about Rudy Ray Moore, but I did, you know, when you start looking at the the characters based on and his other movies after Dolomite, I just wanted to read some of them because I think this is going to be a series for the next reel at some point <laughs> in the future. <laughs> we might start with Dolomite, but you can bet we're going to go to the human tornado and the monkey hustle, maybe Petey Wheatstraw. But uh, Murder Was the Case, the movie, uh, is definitely on the list. <laughs> Shaolin Dolomite uh, and and possibly a stupid movie for jerks, which is one of his later films where he played cop. And uh, so anyway, uh, I I think it looks hysterical. I think it's a great cast and it's a great cast clearly doing something that they uh, that that, you know, celebrating somebody who actually, you know, uh, influenced uh, a whole genre of these movies or at least intended to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> looking at the pictures of him <laughs> on IMDb and some of his roles, I'm like, this is an interesting, very interesting <laughs> character. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really curious about this movie. Um, I really like the the writing team that you already brought up. Steve, I would love to do a series on their biopics because I think they've they've written some really great. They they really do find a, a really interesting ways to tell those stories. So uh, this looks really interesting. And, and, and I'm weirdly very curious about a Rudy Ray Moore series. Beat. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what we'll be getting ourselves into, but it sounds very intriguing for sure. Yes. The watermelon heist. He plays the angel of death in the watermelon heist. <laughs> wow. 
3.9 on IMDb. Yeah, of course. Well, it's a, this is again coming back to, I want to see that, but I've never seen Dolomite. So this is one where I you sit down and watch the original. You watch the... the it's a gateway you know, this, film. Yeah, it is. It you know opens up the doorway <laughs> to an entire genre that I have been aware of, but just never had a, a reason or motivation to get there. Yeah. But, Let's do lists. All right. right. So our movie this week um, was Robin and the Seven Hoods. And as part of our uh, options, we threw out their uh, cameos. And that's where people landed. They wanted us to talk about great um, cameos. I will say, I I stand relieved that we didn't end up on Singing Mobsters this week. <laughs> that was that was one of my yeah. <laughs> less yeah. well it's thought one that out you put on the list and you're like why did i say why that? did i do that yeah. yeah yeah but no great cameos is where we landed so uh pete you uh ended up taking uh taking the helm so why don't you kick us off i did i'm gonna go ahead and begin by breaking uh a long-standing rule which is not to talk about a movie we've already talked about on the show yes we have talked Whoa. about this movie on the show all right it's a scene in which police officer Nicholas Angel shows up at a grisly, grisly crime scene that is just overrun by white-suited, head-to-toe-covered, hazardous materials-suited, covered, masked police investigators. And he initiates a call with Janine, who never gets unmasked. Janine is the girlfriend we see for only one scene a short scene, and she is Kate Blanchett. I took, it took forever to figure out that that was Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Way too long for somebody who knows and celebrates the work of Kate Blanchett. Because yes. <laughs> the eyes and the voice should have given it away, didn't give it away to me. I love that cameo. She's terrific in a absolutely exceptional Edgar Wright film, Hot Fuzz. That's a steal. This is why See, you have a twenty four red band. You should, and you should have why. known it was a steal. You should have known it was a steal, Pete, because because uh, Steve regularly likes to talk yeah. about movies we've talked about. Yeah. On the yes, show. that's I, why yes, it's my I first pick. pick. There we go. Great. Okay. <laughs> I have a I have a lengthy list, though. I have a lengthy list. I've got some some alternates. This there, was an easy list to put together. It was an easy yes, list easy. to put together. Yes. That's right. For my first pick, I'm going to go with um, not a movie we've talked about on the show, but a movie that has a great moment that spoofs a movie that we talked about on the show. It is, of course, the the <laughs> I my memory tells me it's really funny and really good. I don't know <laughs> if I want to go back and rewatch it um, oh, no. because I, I get worried about it um, because sometimes Mel Brooks doesn't work so well when I return to him. Mm. It is, of course, Spaceballs. And I am, of course, talking about John Hurt when he is in the uh, the the commissary having a meal and the alien pops out of him and he's like, not again. <laughs> and then the alien proceeds to do the little hello, my honey, hello, my honey. <laughs> <laughs> dances out of the room. That was one of my favorite uh, cameos, and I uh, had to get that one on the list. So, Spaceballs, first one for me. That's a great okay. pick. Uh, not a steal. Right. I stand relieved. I'm surprised. I thought that would be yeah. a steal. Now we're, we're we're still waiting for you know Pete to show up with some Woody Allen movies. For this <laughs> That's right. Show. We will see. Yeah, where's the Woody uh, Allen on this cameo? Too easy. Yeah, so there's, too easy. There's, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> too easy. So I'm not going to bother. That's right. Uh, uh, so I, th- this list was really 
big. There were lots of places where I, I could go with this and I had to figure out how do I focus this? Because there are some that going out there, people would say, oh, this is a great cameo. And I'm like, well, that's how are you defining a cameo? What what does this really mean? Uh, is it just a small part? Is it, you know, how small of a part is it? How integral to the plot is it? What What's going on? And I, I, I started with, you know, the, the hot fuzz one because I thought it's it's clever. There's some, there's something clever about it. And to me, that's the piece that I want to go with. So with my first one, I'm going to go with one that as a, as a youngster, this one really surprised me because it's the unexpected nature of it. And there's something insidery about it. And it's in back to the future where you have Marty and his band auditioning and you have Huey Lewis. There is one of the judges saying, well, you're just too darn loud. Uh, knowing, you know, if you don't know who Huey Lewis is, it's just some guy. But knowing that it's Huey Lewis and the connection to the the film, all that to me made that surprisingly joyful experience in that to, to recognize like, oh, I know who this guy is. I get it. And that's where I'm starting my list. Well, I will Great say one. that's a steal off of my back catalog, off of my steel uh, okay. catalog. That was definitely on, <laughs> okay. my, on my list okay. of backup. All right. Well played. Uh, so me, again, uh, now I'm going to go for a movie that I would not have seen had Andy not said on the show that he got a little bit drunk and saw this movie and really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. You know what movie it is, Andy? I don't recall. I apparently was too drunk. <laughs> he was too drunk. It was a long time ago. He said he had a few drinks and he saw this movie and he loved it. I'm talking about... Uh, Danny McBride's <laughs> sex slave in This is the oh. End, played by Channing Tatum. Oh, this wow. is not safe for anyone anywhere, <laughs> but it cracks me up to this day. I think about it. And it's one of those things, you know, when you're in, you're hanging around in the family and somebody does something funny and you have these like lines in the back of your head for movies that you want to use. This is the movie I always want to drop, but it's never appropriate. And so <laughs> I don't. And I just wish that those experiences would happen around people that I could do those with. And certainly on a podcast, that's not it. So uh, the gift plays by Channing Tatum, Danny McBride's Sex Slave. This is the end. Wow. Okay. That that was a funny movie. I should rewatch that one. Definitely not with my children. <laughs> no, no. Oh my God. I, I'm in movie. the same boat as Andy. I, I think I first saw this one after quite a few drinks because I think you know it's going to be bad and you, you, you are pleasantly surprised with how clever this, this film is. I... Don't know that I want to watch it again. I don't know. There's it's it's a bizarre film, but yes, <laughs> yes, it's a bizarre bizarre yes. film. That's that's a good one though. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Next up for me is uh, looking at a uh, one of the Abrams films, uh, Jim Abrams uh, and his uh, parody films. I really enjoyed the Hot Shots films. I thought they were pretty fun, but. I think that they did something in Hot Shots Part Two that just yes. I thought was just brilliantly pulled off. There's a moment when uh, we have uh, Charlie Sheen, his character, um, what is it, is Tug? I think Topper Harley. Topper, Topper Harley. There, yeah. Yes. Um, he is uh, he's boating down a river and he's writing in his journal, and then all of a sudden he hears somebody else writing in a journal and, and narrating, <laughs> and he looks up, and lo and behold, it's his dad. <laughs> 
across the water on his boat, straight out of Apocalypse Now, and they look at each other, and then they both look at each other and go, I loved you on Wall Street! <laughs> that was like one of the most hilarious meta movie moments that I had uh, seen. And this was right at that age when I had started appreciating films like Apocalypse Now, and and so it, it all came together so perfectly for, for me in that moment. So Hot Shots Part Two. Uh, that was uh, just a beautiful moment. <laughs> that film, I loved yes, it. That's a great Martin pick. Sheen would be the uh, just that the great cameo for that right. one. That's that's further down my list. I had considered that because of going to see Apocalypse Now this weekend. Oh, that's but right. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, so that's a that's a nice one. But it's it was farther down. That's one of my backups. So I guess back catalog steal on that one. If Pete's keeping track, <laughs> <laughs> I need a new uh, emoji that new- represents back catalog steal. <laughs> I don't know, somebody in a little out. bandit mask, maybe. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's good. Oh, there bandit you go, if, if if that exists. So he's now finding it. Oh, yeah, there I'm looking go. for that immediately. Bandit. <laughs> no, so, face with head bandage? That's not right. <laughs> maybe that's what it is, actually. <laughs> maybe it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Andy beat me up in a back alley and stole this movie. He from. did. No, that's perfect. <laughs> That's the one. It's for Huey Lewis and Martin Sheen. Excellent. Let's go. I love this little system. What's your next one? Pete just wants to keep doing this so he can come up with more clever emojis to add to the thing. Yeah. Okay. So so next, um, again, going with the the sort of unexpected, pleasant surprise of of knowing things. Uh, when particularly when you have two actors that that work together regularly, and then one of them is off doing a a separate project, and and you. You, you bring that character in for a, a little brief cameo, knowing these two char- these two actors have worked together, have a relationship, uh, but seeing them together as characters <clears throat> that don't know each other. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Danny Glover's brief, brief cameo as a as a robber, bank robber in Maverick, starring Mel Gibson. When we have the 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 duo from Lethal Weapon uh, sort of exchange a, an odd glance with each other in this very brief moment in 1994's Maverick, which I want to say is a guilty pleasure. I I really enjoy this movie and I I feel like other people don't. And I I don't know why, because I think Richard Donner just had such a great time making this movie with Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster. Um, It's one that I haven't seen in a while, but I'm adding it to my list in hopes that people will go out, check it out and and have a a great fun time with this one. I'm in the not I'm in the camp where I don't enjoy it very much. You can watch this as a double feature with Wild Wild West. No, no, <laughs> that's, no? Hor- that's a horrible. Thing. That's for you to do, Pete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. All right, I got a last one, uh, and this one required the cameo requires an understanding of a television property, and it's a television ah, okay. property that I am a massive fan of. And uh, it, you know, what would we be if we didn't have a straight up? Uh, MCU film uh, on the list. Uh, okay, it is right. Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and the cameo is of an oh. actor who is often in another Russo-directed and I think co-executive produced <laughs> show, Community. Yes. It is ComTech number one. If you are a Community <laughs> fan, you rejoiced when Abed yes. Nadir showed up, played by actor Danny Pudi, uh, behind the comm station. You just cheered. It, it was equivalent of Captain America picking up the hammer in Endgame. Like, it was awesome because 
because you know what a massive fan this character is. And in in a uh, uh, in in a quote, the Russo said, you know, they actually to this day don't know if it was Danny Pudi, the actor, or Abed Nadir who showed up for work that day, and they still don't know who is actually in the movie. I think that's a brilliant brilliant bit of uh of cameo casting and it's it is the the perfect use of cameo for me in a in the marvel movie the, and it's funny because i'm not one who's a fan of that show so that's that's one of those ones that i uh would have just gone right over my head i would just i recognize the guy but i'm yeah. like oh it's that guy oh, but yeah, i would never have yeah. put two and two together see because pete i wasn't sure which way you were going to go with that one is you you headed that up and, and mentioned community yeah. because there is the other one in the in um civil war where at the very beginning when tony stark's doing his presentation to all the the um grant recipients and uh backstage there at representing the university is the dean oh from community. of course of, of course. course yes yes and he, he's keeps asking for more money yeah <laughs> that's right exactly yeah. so you've got a they've got a little two for community don't they they threw in the um the um uh, I I feel like there Tobias Funke his blue, uh, all painted blue is in some in somewhere some in one of the movies. I want to say that's in uh, Infinity War, isn't that where they go and he's in the background when they confront Thanos there on the at the collector's place, at right? the collector's place, yeah. That's yeah. Right. But that's not community. Yeah. That's Arrested Development. Yeah. No, another, but, it, but that was something yeah, else that the, they had done. So right, that's another, another cameo connection. that they pulled through. Yes. And yes. also they have the uh, the stair car. The, the stair, in, yes, yeah, yeah, the stair so, car at the airport yeah. in uh, Civil War. Right. Yes. See, there we go. We could, Andy, you could have done your whole you could have done all list. Of them, yeah. I could have. I could have. Yeah. I know. All, all right, right for my for my next one, I am. It's, it's got to be a Disney thing, right? Because you always have a Disney film on your list. Tangled. It's. It's not uh, Tangled. It is not a Disney film. And I don't always have a Disney film on my list. All Just because right. the last two weeks, all of a sudden, yeah. it's like a habit. Yeah. I need, it needs to happen three times for it to be a habit. Uh, <laughs> Another uh, <no>. rule. <laughs> <laughs> for for my final uh, one, I am looking at a film where uh, it, it's it's toward the end. And there is a, a moment in a, a gas station where the actor is just not good enough to play the part. And so, uh, so our main character, Wayne, he says, we need it. We need to recast this. And who does he bring in? But Charlton Heston to play the part of the guy in the gas station, telling him this story. It is of course, Wayne's world too. And uh, it was a great cameo surprise just to have him pull in. And plus just the way that it happened, like this meta action of stopping the movie to bring in a better actor to play this part. Uh, It was so much fun. I had a great time with it. So that's my final Wayne's World 2. I, you know, I know, I'm sure I saw it once. I have no memory of it. For me, the the Wayne's World cinematic universe ended with Wayne's World. Uh, Wayne's World 2, actually, I thought was a pretty good movie. Was it? Uh, I should see it again. You should. We'll do a Wayne's World series. (laughs) Excellent. For those who don't like the the length of some of our upcoming series, Wayne's World will be a sweet relief. No, we'll do. We'll lengthen it to all of the Saturday Night Live. uh, Oh, gosh. No. By minutes. That will be the uh, the end of it all. And Superstar. And my Lord. Yes. Oh. All right. There were there were so many other films that I could have included, but I tried to keep it to cameo, just really implying something very, very short and brief. You know, maybe one line, uh, 
you know, the, the, the hot fuzz one t- to me was on the list because it was, there was the cleverness to it, but there are so many others, but to me, there are more extended scenes where it's like, you've got a sort of a stunt casting going on. And I don't really consider that a cameo. I'm looking for something shorter. So my final pick was one that, um, there's a group of people and I, when I first saw this movie, I could only identify one of them. And I think it's just because I did not grow up watching films of the silent era that I would have recognized these people. But of course, Buster Keaton is a very recognizable face. And if I'm talking about the Waxworks, the the three uh, members of the card playing team in Sunset Boulevard, where we have Buster Keaton, Anna Q. Nilsson and H.B. Warner, uh, silent film stars there with with Norma Desmond playing cards uh, to see these actors, you know, much later in their their careers or coming out of retirement for this role uh, was something that really surprised me uh, when I first saw this film, I think in high school or perhaps college when I got around to seeing it and just was thought that was really clever uh, to, to bring back these people uh, in this role. And that's that's my final pick. Sunset Boulevard. It's a great choice, and it's a great little uh, surprise cameo scene to throw in there with yeah, those actors. So truly, that's a great. It's a classic. That's the that's the the first one we've got with actual class to it. That's like <laughs> that's a pick that shows up wearing a monocle. That's I was really tempted. Exactly. I was really tempted to throw uh, uh, Austin Powers in Goldmember on because my of list, all of the cameos in because there. Because of all yeah. of them, specifically for Steven Spielberg, because uh, he does the backflip uh, out of the scene, which yeah. I, was one of the highlights of that. But that movie I hated so much, and, and talk about not bringing any class. That would be the one. So well, and that one uh, that was uh, a back catalog pick for me too, but also because of Tom Cruise and because I did Tropic Thunder last week, that would have been the Tom <laughs> yes. Cruise cameo to drop. I did have Sigourney Weaver and Cabin in the Woods on my list uh, as a back catalog pick. but uh, Yeah, I, I mean, I had the Bill Murray Zombieland, you yeah. know, in there. Um, yeah, but to your point, Steve, it's like some of them were just a little bit too much. I even think the, the um, you know, the the Kate Blanchett was really on the line for, yeah. for just oh, too much it, of a scene for me, but... It, Yes. Yes, exactly. The other one that, you know, I will always throw in dodgeball and we've got that great moment with Lance Armstrong at the end. Yes. But again, that's, you know, a little bit longer. And so I'm trying to keep it, keep it short. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought 21 Jump Street would be a fun one to throw yeah. in there. Yeah. And then I was like, what Muppet movie could I throw in? Because they always had cameos. But I was trying <laughs> yes. to do a, a movie where it wasn't like just founded on constantly exactly. having cameos. That was yeah. the other thing. So, yeah. Cool. Nice work, gents. All right, what are we doing this right. week? Good list. So this week we're going to be um, looking at, we jumped from a Robin in the Seven Hoods. We're looking at the animated Robin Hood from Disney in 1973. So I think we should do Talking Animals. Okay. All right. That should be easy enough. Uh, do we want to do archery tournaments? Or so, do we have something with uh, archery? I can't remember. Um, I I think we, haven't we had a Archery. I don't have the all the the past choices. Let me scroll up. Uh, no, good <laughs> keywords are not good. Ant- anthropomorphic pig, anthropomorphic squirrel, anthropomorphic hippopotamus, anthropomorphic cat, anthropomorphic raccoon. I could go on. Anthropomorphic uh, elephant. Yeah, uh, you you could and you shouldn't have. Um. Uh, let's see. We have. Um. Well, we have uh, heists. Heists. Uh, Could we do something like, uh, you know, heists of royalty? Okay. Heists of royalty. Royal heists. Okay. Royal heists. Okay. okay. So we've got royal heists. 
talking animals. Talking animals. And uh, do we want to do the archery? I, I'm fine with an ar- a great, great archery. Archery? Yeah. Challenges. I don't think we, we have a great archery I mean, that's not Robin Hood. <laughs> right. Well, yes, clearly we're in the Robin Hood series. Other, uh, non other great Robin archery. Hood archery. I am putting it up. It's live, everybody. So get your votes in and uh, let us know what you want us to chat about on next week's show. Man. Should be fun. Totally dodged a bullet with singing mobsters. That's never coming back. <laughs> never Are you back. looking it up right now? Going, there's just none. Uh, yeah. there's, there's not none. a not a chance. Who's already voted? Steve? No. Ray is no, already no. voted for Royal yes, Heights. Yes, because that's my man. Ray also <laughs> uh, Ray also points out that Dolomite is free on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, nice. See, yeah. There we go. I'm going to be spending my weekend on Amazon. Yep. Right. I'm in. No, I need to be in the Criterion my Channel. Name is I know, Dolomite. I know. <laughs> uh, all right, nice work, gents. Happy Saturday matinee. Now indeed, get to work. indeed, indeed, yes. Hang it up. Thank you, everybody, for for uh, supporting the show. All of you wonderful patrons who have done so. If you are listening to this uh, for free, we encourage you to head over to thenextreel.com slash Patreon and uh, throw us a couple bucks, and then you'll get this in your very own feed, your very own personal podcast feed and you can uh, you know listen to it in your podcast player of choice you can't do that if you don't if you don't support us on patreon plus you get access to the discord community which is where all the cool people hang out and you want to be a cool kid we all want to be cool kids thanks everybody bye hondo I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. (laughs) 